And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colum Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Why, why do you not like spiders? I, I'm just terrified of them. I just absolutely hate them. I, you know, give me a fucking, I don't know. I, I don't like, I don't dislike or I'm not, I don't have a phobia of anything, but spiders just can't deal with them. Um, like, what, like, like you do realise that they're like, you know, maybe like a centimetre in, in, in size. Like, you know, they're, they're not... They're not. They're not big. Like they can't do anything to you. Mm. Just one of these mm. things. And like, what are you afraid they're going to do to you? Like, I, I, I don't know. It's just you know, it's just a phobia. Like, you know, people are people are scared of weird things. You know, worse than spiders, like pigeons and fucking shit. Are you afraid of pigeons? No, you're not afraid of pigeons. Just spiders. No. And is it like any spiders, like small spiders? No, 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 small spiders are fine. I Like, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't go picking one up, but, like, if there's a small spider here on the windowsill beside me, I wouldn't pass any remarks to him. It's the big lads. It's the big lads. Mm. Like, how big is, how, like, what's a big lad when it comes to spiders? Uh, I'll show you, I'll show you one that, it, it was just, it's just a house spider that we had there a couple of weeks ago. And, like, if I seen him, like, he'd be, Hang on now. And what was his fate? What was his what? His uh, fate. I, I didn't see him, so I think he... No, actually, he did die, uh, now that I think of it. Was it a gruesome death? Um, I don't know. It wasn't there, so I'm not really sure what they did to him. So it's, it's, it's not just you that's afraid of him in the family? Everybody no, they, well, no, my mum my and dad wouldn't really mind them. It's the girls. The, they're terrified as well. So all the girls in the family are afraid of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a hell of a way to start off the We Army podcast for this week. Uh, Davy Rispin, I've been recording for the last two minutes, and that is going to be <laughs> yeah. the intro to the We Army Thanks a million, uh, uh, Davy, for giving us that insight into the spiders. And, uh, you know, look, it's, 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 uh, there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, that will agree with you. So don't worry about that. And a lot of people feel the same way as you do. And as I said, I used to, do you have just sent me on that picture? Ah, yeah, that's just your common house spider. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, they're they're big. Yeah, they are big. And if I saw one running across the kitchen, I'd get a bit of a shock. But I would put a glass over him, stick it in an uh, envelope or something underneath it. Have a good look at him. Would you Would you stop and have a look at him now? Like, or would I you just would. be? No, no, I no. won't. See, I'd put them into a pint glass and I'd have a good look at them and whatever, and then I'd 
bring them across to the neighbor's house and and, and uh, put them in their garden. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> still there, Davey. You still there? Yeah, I want to start talking about football, Mickey. I'm sick of talking about spiders. What a, what, what a great way to uh, great un, a seamless link into uh, talking about football, Davey. How is your body after the the, the 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 last week? I know that I it's Easter Sunday today and I haven't been able, been able to eat an Easter egg after winning the virtual senior championship yesterday. <laughs> Simon's Tune ads. We all went back to Simon's Tune via Zoom um, and then hit Coppers um, via uh, the internet last night. And uh, we're all a little bit worse for way. Where great win over Summerhill in the uh, race to the Keegan, the virtual Keegan Cup this week. We'll get back to the senior championship in a minute. Yourself, Davy, um, a great accolade for the club to win, to be the first club in in Mead to win the actual Peter McDermott Cup and the virtual Peter McDermott Cup. Uh, it must be a fantastic honour for you personally. Yeah, we're delighted. Um, it was a it was a great achievement. The lads, um, the lads worked extremely hard for it. You know, I know. People were, were sending us texts to say it was fixed and it was this and that. But um, the lads put as much effort into this as they did to the real one in 2014. So, um, in fact, actually, you know, the, the club WhatsApp during the week, you know, there was a few people who maybe um, mightn't be as tech savvy as other lads on, on the WhatsApp were coming in and they were saying if you put as much effort into this, as you do, as you did to actual football, you would probably win a championship. But uh, <laughs> look, it was a bit of crack. We enjoyed it, and um, no different to yourselves. Like there was actually a text that came in uh, accidentally through to the We Are Mead um, Instagram during the weekend, or probably Thursday or Friday, and it was from one of the Simonstown ladies who actually meant to put the text into the Simonstown ladies group chat and said, "Sorry for annoying you again, girls. Promise this is the last time." Go over to the We Are Mead Instagram and give Simon send your vote. But she actually she accidentally sent it to the We Are Mead group, and I just texted back and said, "Look, you've probably got the wrong group chat, but we wish you well nonetheless." So um, it was it was something that probably captured the imaginations of of loads of people across the three different grades, and it was great crack for us to do it, and it was also great crack, I'm sure, for the different people involved with the with the clubs who who you know took part in it and everything, kept a close eye on it. So. Um, it, it passed a little bit of time, I suppose. That was the that was the overall goal or aim of the of the exercise. Yeah, absolutely. This time last week, it was Sunday evening, and the quarterfinals of the junior championship were mid flow, and uh, we didn't have the results in by the time we finished the podcast. But the quarterfinal results were Dunsany forty nine percent, Minalty fifty one percent, a two point victory there for Minalty. Then Cortown were taking on Kilmainham Mud in the other the next quarterfinal, and Kilmainham Mud are. Cortown won this 54-46, winning it by eight votes or eight percent. Uh, Can Ross had an easy win against St Bridget, 65 to 35, and then Beliver again uh, dismantled St Vincent's with ease, with 62 percent against 38 in the quarter final. So, you know, the one thing that I've uh, I have to say is that every club in the county that was involved, you know, really got behind it. And 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 when you think about it, you know, to think that all uh, 51 clubs were represented by their supporters. That's another brilliant. Uh, 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 that's a victory in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, like a simple example would be um, Summerhill against Rototh. I think it was the semi-final on 
Well, we won't, we'll, we'll, don't, don't give oh, away God, that sorry, one. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, we're going to finish yeah. the junior championship. So, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to you. I'll, we'll go through the semi-finals then. Minalti took on Cortown in the semi-final. And, of course, uh, Cortown won this one 53% to 47. Um, and uh, in the other uh, semi-final, it was Karen Ross against Beliver. And Karen Ross winning that one 58 42 16 uh, percentage victory there um, and then in the final for the Peter McDermott Cup it was uh, near neighbours Corton and Karen Ross your one of your favourite teams I'd have to say would be Karen Ross you do like St Michael's as well but you came up against some of your friends there Davey and uh, came away with the victory 54% to 46% of the vote and as we said like, this was all done through the uh, through social media and uh, the, the tools that they give you. So we weren't able to uh, fix any of these games uh, at all. The only thing you could do is that you could set up about 100 different uh, Instagram accounts and get 100 different email accounts and start voting. But I don't think anybody from Cortown would do that, uh, Davey. No, actually, we didn't. We didn't have to resort to that in the end. <laughs> um, we, we won it fair and square. There was actually a couple of... Um, suspect looking account set up in the semi-final when we played Benalti. Uh, there was four votes in a row from very dodgy looking accounts with no followers and weird names and all this kind of crack. But oh, they, they were they were probably the brothers that were after moving over from Karen Ross. They, just, <laughs> they didn't have time to set up the real accounts uh, by the club, so they had to set up uh, four new accounts for them. They, they, they'll they'll be the four brothers, I'd say. That could have been uh, the Brogans, yeah, 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 most definitely. But no, look at. Uh, there was nothing like that happening, as I say, plenty of campaigning between the different teams, um, between different social media platforms and that. And that's completely within the rules, you know, because we, we literally have a count of every vote that we've got here. Like, I think one of the semi-finals in senior finished 50-50 and yeah. it, it went to votes. Do you know what I mean? So well, we, could we, see, we won't we, exactly. Don't no, no, I won't, but like we could see that game went to extra time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we could see the exact amount of votes. So while while a game might finish fifty fifty, we could see that a team has won by five or six votes or whatever yeah. it may be. So that's that's the beauty of it, you know. Um what were the celebrations like out in Greca? <laughs> in Greca, well they got knocked out in the knock or in the, the group stages, so um I'd say did they were pretty did, did you just not go down to celebrate in Greca, no? It was closed, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, uh, so 50 look, look uh, a brilliant brilliant championship and you know funny enough when you're looking at the actual groups and the semi-finals and the quarter-finals and the whole lot there's nothing to say that this couldn't actually happen no like they, they could definitely go with them for the groups and the one thing I'd say is um, the, the groups and definitely the quarter-final parents across the three grades were very evenly matched and like there was very little um in the way of kind of one-sided games, whether that was on paper or in actual voting terms. So they were all really evenly matched teams. And uh, if you got them in an actual championship, you'd be, you'd be delighted with yourself, you know? The, the interesting thing there about uh, the quarterfinal pairings, I'm just looking down at it now. I'm trying to see. I don't think that any of the clubs that came up from Junior B made it through to a, a, a quarterfinal. Um, oh, Slane, Boards Meldrum, Condrath, St Mary's and Kilbride. None of them made it through to a quarter final, which is which is very interesting as well. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, like I'm just I'm just trying to think back to the group stages. Kilbride might have been close enough. I think they might have got eighteen or nineteen percent, but just didn't make it out of the group. But uh, 
Yeah, that is a good point to make, I suppose, that the established clubs, um, maybe not in terms of their own uh, following, but definitely for neutrals, maybe voting, probably seeing the first team, or sorry, the teams that have been there for the last few years as maybe a safer bet. Who knows? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well done to Cortin and their supporters um, on uh, this massive victory and uh, bringing the Peter McDermott Cup back to uh, Cortown. And uh, I'm sure when the lockdown is over, there'll be serious celebrations and uh, you might even make some sort of a, a cup uh, out of a bit of a tinfoil or something like that and head off to the local bar for a few pints, Davey. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find some excuse. We'll probably end up in... Bella Medina or something celebrating it in, <laughs> in the autumn, but we'll see what I'd, happens. I'd still stay well away from Spain at that stage. <laughs> true, true. Um, so uh, we're going to move on now to the Intermediate Championship, the race for the M- Matty McDonald Cup. And uh, the last time we were talking about this, we got into the last 32 um, and we had the results of the last 32 uh, uh, done last Sunday evening, I think it was. Was it or did we have them last Sunday evening? Yeah, we did, I think, or it was probably just about finishing, maybe, but yeah, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, um, Ballinlock uh, beating Meath Hill, uh, Dundry beating Longwood, Rakenny beating Dulik Bellusin, Waterson beating Moyla, uh, Castleton beating Sidden in that local derby, Bective beating Clonnagale, um, uh, just recently up into Intermediate Championship, um, uh, St Michael's beating Blackhall Gales, and then Trim beating Old, Old Castle in two of the uh, big powerhouses of intermediate football. Then we went to the last, uh, uh, the quarterfinals, sorry, and Ban Lockwood facing off against Dundry, and it was Dundry who came away with the victory here, 54% to 46. Then in the next quarterfinal, it was Rakenny taking on Waterstown, and uh, Rakenny, 62% uh, of the votes to Waterstown's 38. Castleton took on Bective. This was a close affair, 57% to 43 in favour of Castleton. And then in the final of our final quarter final, it was Trim, 64%, uh, given St Michael's quite a whooping, it has to be said, uh, with St Michael's only getting 36% of the vote. And you had St Michael's down, if I remember correctly, for a final spot in that intermediate, Davy. Yeah, I do. Uh, hopefully they'll actually get a chance to to redeem themselves in the real championship this year. But, um, yeah, disappointing ending for them, I suppose. But uh, the one thing I would say is Trim and Rakenny throughout, even in quarterfinal stages, you see by the margins of their victories there in the quarterfinals, they were particularly strong and they were a hard draw to get at that stage of a championship. Absolutely. And then we went on to the semi-finals. These were played on uh, Thursday night and Friday. And uh, the... Was it Thursday and Friday? I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, or maybe, maybe even Wednesday. Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. 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 Um, the semi-final, Dundery were taking on Rakenny, and Rakenny came away with a very, very fine margin of, of victory here. 51% to 49% of the votes there. And then Castleton were taking on Trim, but Trim just had too much for them. Bigger catchment area, more internet over there in Trim than maybe around Castleton, and they won on a scoreline of 63 to 37%. That Rakenny and Dundery one, though, was uh, was up and down the whole time, Davy, and uh, it was, you, you just didn't know what way that one was going to go. Yeah, there was probably never more than 20 or 30 votes between them at any one time, and uh, Dundery really rattled it on. Um, I know they had a couple of them Zoom chats and Skype calls going on and they really gave it a lash late on, but probably just ran out of time 
and that 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 was a trend kind of in a lot of the close games that maybe teams timed the run right and Rakeni just about did enough to to hold on in that one. But as you say, a really really tight semi final and. Again, if if they met at any stage of the championship this year, you'd expect the same. And uh, then we went on to the final of the intermediate, the virtual intermediate championship, the race for the Maddie McDonald, and it was Rakeni facing off against Trim in this final. And this one was up and down. It was, you know, Rakeni looked like they were going to win it, then Trim looked like they were going to win it, and this one just kept going over and back, over and back. But in the end, Trim came through on a scoreline of 52% to 48, a 4% victory there for Trim in the end. But a great showing by Rakeni, it has to be said as well. Yeah, they pushed them all the way. They um, they never led, I don't think, at any stage in the final. But they were always within touch and distance of, um, of, their, of their rivals, Trim. But in fairness, again, probably similar to what you've said already about catchment area and stuff, Trim just had that little bit more in, in, in reserve to kind of push them over the line. Rakeni probably reached reached their saturation point after maybe 16, 17 hours the vote, and Trim just kind of picked up the scraps and and went on to win the win it with four percent, which mightn't seem a lot, but in the end, when you consider what was in it for most of the vote, that was a comfortable enough win. It was indeed, like when you uh, really was like, and 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 it only takes two percent of the vote to swing it back uh, in favour of Rakeni, you know, like, so um, it really was a cracking uh, final and they really got behind their teams, but it was Trim who got the victory. Um, I suppose the hurt from last year coming back and uh, they, they were like going, well, we're not going to let that happen again. They, they used, what is it? They they, they used the, the, the um, experience of last year's final loss to uh, get them over the line and uh, Trim, came out winners in the Matty McDonald uh, Intermediate Championship, and well done to them. We're going to move on now to the senior. And, Davey, this one started uh, late on in the week, and uh, we had the final on the weekend, um, and this was a cracking championship. Yeah, this started Tuesday night, and we kind of gave it the respect it deserved because the junior was finished uh, or finishing up on Instagram, and the intermediate had reached the knockout stages on Instagram. So, we we gave this the you know the full attention on Twitter for the group stages, um, and you'll talk us through them in a couple of minutes. But I think they were they were fairly comfortable for the teams that went through. And then as the week progressed, we kind of reached the knockout stages over on Instagram, and uh, you know it really it really heated up throughout the week. It did indeed, and 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 like looking at the groups, you know Group A was Walton, St Michael's, St Colum Kills, sorry, uh, Dunboyne and Nafina. Uh, group B was Centrestown, Gail Column Kill, um, Rathoth and Screen. And then Group C was Summerhill, Wynaldi, Simon and Dunchotlin. And Group D was Navin O'Matney's, Currahad, Dunamore, Ashburn and Nobber. And, you know, a really good spread of top teams throughout all of those uh, groups. Yeah, some really evenly matched groups. And they actually, uh, early on, definitely in the vote in the M group stages, there was very little to choose between the sides but then the teams that probably cared the most about it as the vote progressed got them over the line and probably got through comfortably enough to to quarterfinals and then you know even if they were going well in a group teams wanted to finish first in a group because we've seen it over in the junior and intermediate the benefit of getting a nicer draw so to speak in the quarterfinal where a first in the group plays a second and and so on you know so that's how we got to the quarterfinal stages and 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 the funny thing about it was was that there was teams who finished 
second in their group that went on to do better than the team who finished first in their group, which I thought was quite interesting in the fact that, you know, um, did team did did teams start to get behind it a bit more or did, as teams went out, did uh, other people start to vote for their the team that they liked better? You know, did, did people from other uh, clubs get involved maybe as their teams went out? Well, that's it. And like, I suppose it's a change in platform which might suit some teams and may not suit other teams. You know, if uh, Instagram is probably a little bit of a younger audience than maybe Twitter is, for example. So um, possibly teams who maybe have an older demographic of voters would have been more equipped to been on Twitter, whereas then when it goes over to Instagram, the young the young people kick in and they swing a vote a certain way too. So there's there's a load of different things maybe that that could uh, could vouch for that. But as you say, there was some of the teams who finished second in the group went on and uh, you know really prospered as we'll see in a couple of moments. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll 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 give out the quarter final pairings and and how they how the results went from them. The first of the quarter finals. Saw the winner of Group A taking on uh, second in Group C, and that was Dunboyne, the winner of Group A, taking on second in Group C. And Simonson, uh, the old Thorn and Dunboyne side, came back to haunt them again. Of course, Dunboyne uh, got over Simonson two years ago to go on and win the senior championship. Last year, Simonson uh, were able to uh, brush them aside and knock, knock any hopes of going back and retaining the, uh, the Keegan Cup. Um, by uh, knocking them out in the group stage last year of the championship. Well, they met in the quarterfinal and Simonson again came out on top 55% of the vote to Dunboyne's 45%. Um, Gail Cullum Kill, they topped Group B and they ended up playing second in Group D, that was Curraha. And uh, Gail Cullum Kill came out uh, on top here, uh, 59% to 41%, a convincing win there for Gail Cullum Kill. In Group C, the winner was Summerhill. They uh, came out against St. Column Kills and they dismantled St. Column Kills in the vote 64% to 36%. And um, so Summerhill uh, making it through to the semi finals. And the final one was Dunamore Ashburn, who topped Group D, uh, coming out against Rathoth, who were second in Group B, um, second to uh, Gail Column Kill. And Rathoth dismantled their neighbours here 67% to 33 uh, percent of the vote. And that was the highest victory, margin of victory in the quarterfinals. Yeah, one of the most surprising things, I suppose, about them quarterfinals was the margin of them, really. Um, whilst Retoats was by far and away the biggest, they were all fairly comprehensive, you know. None of them, you could say, were, were in the balance, really, um, as, as it wore on. Dunboyne had an excellent start, if I remember correctly, against Simonstown, but you know, yeah. I, I text you. Yeah, you did. I'll let you. I'll let you explain that. Yeah, I text you. I I, I would did. Uh, I don't know. It was a few hours after the votes had started anyway, and it was like seventy five percent to Dunboyne and twenty five percent to Simonson, and I was like, "Jesus, this is like the quarter final of twenty sixteen." And then all of a sudden, I checked back a couple of hours later. And Simon said we're now leading 51% to 49. <laughs> it was just like the game of 2016. Uh, or 20, was it 2016 or 17? 2017, 20, sorry. 20, 2017, yeah. 2017, yeah. when Simon said we're 11 points down at uh, halftime, but came back to win that game by two points. It was, uh, very, it was very reminiscent of that game, um, the way the voting system went. Yeah, they, thankfully they didn't need to call on you to come on in the latter stages to get them over the line. But <laughs> the, the thing I always say about these votes is it always takes a couple of hours for, for it to take shape. Because 
you know, Simonstown were excellent, I have to say. You know, I already mentioned about their, you know, about the girls getting on board and helping it. But even the, I think Evan Burlingham, I think he was the PRO there, you know, really rallied behind it and gave it, gave it welly on Instagram and that too. And that that transpired as the vote went on and got them over the line, whereas Dunboyne might have had the spurt at the start, but that just wore thin at the, at, towards the end. And, you know, Simonstown, surprised by the margin again, like 55%, I think, was was very strong to win by. But, um, yeah. You know, they, they deserved it over the piece. It was a four-goal spree in the second half that got us over the line. So it was similar to 2017. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, I suppose, uh, Rathout getting getting that huge victory over Dunham Ashburn. Rathout had finished second in their group, in Group B, second to Gail Column Kills, or Gail Column Kill, as I've been informed. And... Uh, uh, and uh, obviously Ashburn had dismantled everybody in their group, uh, winning. I think they won their uh, their group very, very handily. But maybe the fact that they didn't get a test in the group stages was uh, was the reason why Rathout were a little bit battle hardened going into that quarter final. Yeah, possibly. I, I, I think Ashburn finished. Uh, Dunham Ashburn finished second in their group. I think Curaha, I'm right in saying Curaha topped that group. Um, that they were in with, and then obviously come up against the senior champions or Toth and, um, yeah, not the not the quarter final team you'd want really if you're anyone, let alone Dunham Rashburn. But, um, yeah, very comprehensive again. You'd have to say the senior champions uh, took over and and you know succumbed to or sorry Dunham Rashburn succumbed to a another quarter final defeat and a disappointing way to exit the championship. It was indeed, and we moved on to the semi finals then on Thursday night. And that's all. Simonstown taking on Gail Column Kill and Rathout taking on Summerhill. Uh, Simonstown winning their semi-final quite easily, 59% of the vote to 41%. But the other semi-final that saw Rathout and Summerhill coming up against each other was an absolute cracker. It was 50-50 in the votes and we had to go to extra time. And by going to extra time, we went in and we checked the actual votes for each team. And Rathout had 330 votes, but Summerhill had 334 votes. And that was a late, late rally from Summerhill to get them over the line, Davy. It really was. I think with about an hour to go, maybe even less, it was 52% to Rathout and right, yeah. 48% to Summerhill. But someone in Summerhill spotted it. And this is, hang on a second here. And, and it's amazing when it gets to that stage, generally the voting has subsided. They're only coming in in drips and drabs. And if anyone could produce a burst at that stage, you, you will normally get over the line. And Summerhill left it really late, but suddenly there was this surge of votes coming in in the last 10, 15 minutes of the vote. And I think they got over by five votes in the end. Five votes. It finished 50-50, but as you mentioned, went to extra time, counted the votes. They, they won by five. five they votes. won by four. They four won by votes, four. sorry. Four. 334 to 330. Yeah. You know, like such a small, small margin when, you, when you're looking at it. And uh, a cracking, cracking semi-final. But then Summerhill, of course, went on to play Simonstown in the uh, uh, the senior championship final, the race to the Keegan Cup and uh, the virtual Keegan Cup for 2020. And I suppose the extra time and the tough semi-final that Summerhill had against Rathout probably went against them. They didn't have enough in the legs. And they come up against the fresher Simonstown Gales team. And Simonson came out on top in this final by 61% of the vote to 39% of the vote. Simonson, when they get to finals, they do not let you, they don't take the foot off your neck. Simonson win finals easy 
They may make semi-finals and quarter-finals look difficult, but they make the finals look easy, Davy. Yeah, you would. You'd have to say that the way they the way they comprehensively dispatched of uh, Summerhill, it was emphatic. And you look, you have to spare a thought for Summerhill. That's four four final defeats in a row now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, three three in a row going back to to last year, and then this. You know, it's it's more heartbreak for them. Um, I, I was disappointed with the margin of the the defeat or the margin of the victory. I suppose you could say. Really thought this one would be close. I thought we could have a fifty fifty or. 51-49 on our hands again, but you'd have to say Simonson, you know, established an early lead and they never really looked back. They just kicked on and um, the hunger from 2017 or 2018 was was clearly back in in their you know in their in the ranks and you know they really pushed for home early on and they got they got a comprehensive win and again I don't think they needed uh, the services of Mr Brennan to come on and you know get them out of jail. I think the job was was very nearly done early on. Thanks, Davy. <laughs> well, you're, you're, look, you're in the twilight of your career, Mick. You, you know, you're for emergency purposes only, SOS calls. Otherwise, you know, you're focusing on helping the boys at Junior B get get a championship. And, um, they'll be delighted to still have you able that they haven't had to use you for senior just yet. Well, that's it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm still eligible to play in the virtual Junior Reserve A Championship or whatever it's going to be called, the Premier Championship this year, and uh, that might be something that we'll have to do so that I can get some sort of uh, silverware uh, in, in in the back pocket this year. But uh, yeah, great win for Simpson. Do you have the the actual amount of votes that there was on the on the final? Uh, I can just bear with me a second now. I'll find it here. It was. Simonstown 439 votes to Summerhill's 280 votes. Yeah, so even like Summerhill's voting went down on their semi-final um, uh, showing. And uh, maybe, maybe as I said, the legs were gone at that stage. Maybe people's heads were just a bit rattled. Um, we're like going, Jesus Christ, do they want us to go back in here and vote again? Yeah, that's um, but, uh, but the Simonstown ones were like, yes, we'll go back in. For over 400 votes. Even if Summerhill were able to emulate their semi-final scoreline of 334 votes, Simonson still would have come out comprehensive winners. And it's a testament to the club in Simonson Gales and uh, to everybody involved in it that they got behind their club and saw Simonson back uh, on winning ways, winning Keegan Cups. That's three Keegan Cups in five years and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, super win, well deserved, you'd have to say. And, um, you know, they're going to be a team to beat, I think, going forward as well. Ah, look, it's just been brilliant. I, look, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, myself and yourself have been in contact every evening um, around voting, uh, vote closing stages uh, or the closing of votes each evening, maybe around nine or ten o'clock. And we've been trying to piece together the, 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 the quarterfinals and semifinals and finals and the whole lot. And we've done it. And uh, congratulations to Simonson, to Trim and to Courtown on winning the three virtual championships in Mead. The junior, the Peter McDermott Cup, the intermediate, the Maddie McDonald Cup, and of course the senior championship, the Keaton Cup, um, all won um, uh, on the virtual championships. And thanks to everybody who voted and got involved with uh, the, the virtual championships. It's been a bit of crack. Exactly. Love this. Uh, and there's a few more ideas. I don't know what you think. We haven't even talked about this off air, but Niall Tallon from St. Vincent sent me one. I think that Loud might have been doing of the the best grounds in in a county so maybe 
we could possibly run a, a poll or a suggestion box on Instagram, get the suggestions in for best pitch and maybe do something similar to it. We could do the World Cup of football pitches in Mead. Yeah, and then there was another one that came in. I think it could have been on Facebook, We Are Mead, possibly. Um, and the suggestion was to do jerseys. So Mead jerseys down through the year, down through the years, sorry, from maybe the 80s to where we're at today, um, including ladies' jerseys, doing something similar, you know, at group stage and knockout stages and seeing what was the nicest jersey in the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah, that that would be a pretty good one. I think uh, I think um, club jerseys as well, but and yeah. and like this is not being biased, but I do think that the Simonstown jersey is is quite um, quite nice, quite stylish. So it is. And I and whenever I go, if I go abroad or like as in abroad outside the Mead boundaries, and I'm wearing it, they go, "Geez, that's a lovely jersey." Yeah, that's the light blue. I'm just looking at it now with Paul yeah. McKeever and that um, nice jersey. Yeah, no, look, look, there's actually. It's something that's probably come on in, a lot in recent years is the club jerseys, county jerseys. You'll always have the Gras for the retro ones, but club jerseys were probably left in the dark a little bit for a while. But I think <laughs> with the fashion evolving the way it is now, the club jerseys are getting tastier and tastier by the year. So um, that could be an interesting one too, yeah. It would be. It would be. Um, we'll have to look into doing that uh, uh, next week. Um, as well as that, what we will uh, uh, just want to mention is that look out, uh, for our uh, watch out on our social media this week for two interviews that we are going to be doing um, uh, during the week. A couple of fantastic interviews coming up for all of our listeners. It's only for the you know the loyal royals of, uh, um, out there who really love their me GA. You know it's 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 going to be on our Patreon service. It's going to cost you five dollars. To, uh, to sign up for that. But for that $5, you get all the extra content that we do. But we are putting up two amazing interviews this week that um, uh, I think all of the Mead supporters out there will want to hear. Um, but stay tuned. We're not going to give out the names or anything. Stay tuned to our um, uh, our social media pages for that. Davy, I think what we should do now is maybe move on to our Insta Interactive with yeah. Davy Ruthven. And uh, Davy, you have the Instagram uh, uh, questions and 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 all that jazz for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice bit of Instagram in fairness for for the little football that's going on at the moment. So thanks to everyone who's engaged with us. Um, uh, the first one up is from Connor McGovern over in Clannagail, and he's worried probably about his fellow clubmate uh, Owen Griffin, and he's nice. asked us about Owen Griffin's possibility of a transfer to Trim. Now at this stage. I don't think we're in a position to comment. Transfers are obviously closed because we're in, what are we, in April. So I'm not sure as their talk, but my God, that would shake the that would shake the MGA circles if Owen Griffin was to transfer from Clannagale to Neighbours Trim. Well, is, is it more than a two-kilometre uh, distance from uh, Clannagale to Trim? It's probably damn close to it. Ooh, yeah, well, if it's outside the two kilometres, he's not going to be transferring anywhere for a while. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's probably the best answer we could give to it. Look, at it, I, I, what I would say is keep an eye on us. We'd love to hear more, absolutely. Um, but at this stage, uh, both of them are obviously intermediate teams as well. On Griffin on the back of a thoroughly unbelievable year with uh, Clannagale last year. I'd struggle to see a reason for him to transfer to Trim uh, unless... I... Yeah, I I reckon you're falling into the trap there, Davy. I think somebody is stirring the pot there, maybe. 
Well, he's his own club man, so I don't know. <laughs> let's let's just wait and see. We better less is probably more on that one, Mick. Yeah, I think he's winding you up, it's just but we'll uh, but we'll play along. Yeah, two kilometers distance. He's not going anywhere for a while. Uh, Peter Duffy, good mate of yours, Mick. Um, good man, Pete. He's always good for for a question on this. To be fair, uh, he he's wondering how players like Mark Dowdle are keeping up their fitness during this time. Ah, uh, look, players like Mark Dowdle are are that committed uh, and that professional that he's probably doing 40-kilometre runs. You know, uh, he's doing the two kilometres 20 times uh, a day, probably. Um, I have no doubt that that he is looking after himself at the moment and probably building walls and stuff like that because he can't get to the gym. So he's probably lifting a load of stuff around the, around the house and whatever and, and, and building stuff and whatever and then doing his 22-kilometre 20, 20, uh, 20 runs a day. Just a, a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, probably missing his couple of drinks at the weekend too. I, I did meet him in P. Clark's there about, jeez, uh, I don't know how long it's ago now. It, it was close to lockdown coming into force. So he was under my body. He, he was, I can confirm he was. So yeah. um, he's probably missing his bit of socialising there. But uh, look, at, I, I, I agree. I think he's probably flat out. And uh, come, come championship, that man will be ready for back to if I don't think there'll be any doubt about that. Yeah, cheers, Duffers. Cheers, Duffers. Um, next one is from Gary McGovern. You're going to love this one, Mick Gaz, from uh, from Gail Column Kill, obviously. And he's wondering about Mickey Brennan's exploits with Drummalee and Simonstown and the best 15 he's played with. I think we might have to come back to you about the best 15, Ooh. but if you want to, if you, if you want to maybe give Gary, I said to Gary, this could be a podcast in itself now, but <laughs> if, you, if you want to give him a quick line or two about your exploits with Drummalee and Simonstown and maybe possibly next week we could come back to your best 15 you've played with possibly yeah. I don't know well, that's a tough yeah no um, my exploits with Trouble E and, and, and Simonson well I, I uh, played with Simonson up until I was 20 years of age moved to cabin for work and uh, wasn't driving so I joined Trouble E to play football with them uh, I won two intermediate championships with Trouble uh, E and then came home to uh, my mum is Simonson one of Simonson's biggest supporters she goes to every same Simonson game and goes dressed as a flag, as I always say. She's always, no matter what it is, she's in the blue and the navy blue and and, and baby blue of Simonstown. And I just wanted to come back to Simonstown in 2015 to, I suppose, let her see me playing a bit of senior football for Simonstown because that would make her very proud. And little did I think that I'd be coming back and and uh, playing a part in winning two senior championships. But uh, yeah, she she holds on to my medals. Uh, I won them and I gave them to her because she is uh, an amazing woman. And uh, yeah, that's that's my uh, exploits with Simonson and um, Drummond Fair play, Mickey. That is uh, that is very honourable of you. And uh, I'm sure Gary will appreciate that. And we'll come back to you next week, maybe for your best 15 you've played with. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> That'll be a tough one. And you can't pick yourself. That's the rule. <laughs> you have to remember, I'm 41, so there's 24 years of, of, of players there to go through <laughs> at oh, senior better. level. Oh, Never mind better. underage. <laughs> um, yeah, we look forward to that, guys. Good, uh, great yeah. question there. Thanks. Cheers, Gary. Gary's a good one. Tom Barron is next, and he said, will Adam Brennan finally be appointed Rakenny captain? Uh, maybe for the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually know uh, Big Brennan, he was uh, he was in my year on Pats, and uh, good lad there, a good Rakenny club man. Um, probably, I suppose he's 
entering his mid-twenties now. Like he, he, he might have aspirations of being captain, but it's a very tough club to get a captaincy in when you have the likes of Kyogi there and Brian Mead, who's played for Mead for so many years, and there's other lads as well who featured throughout the years. So Rakeni are plenty, they have plenty of experience there, so it's probably a difficult one to maybe seek captaincy in, but I'm sure Big Brennan will have that in his aspirations maybe in, in years to come. I'd absolutely uh, agree with that. Um, Paddy Keneally's next up. Paddy is, uh, is a dual player with Beliver and Kildaki. Uh, won a senior championship with Kildaki last year. Um, was a huge player for them. He's wondering about how can me GA improve structures for the club player. And I suppose that's with maybe uh, the two grades in mind, or sorry, with the two games in mind with hurling and football. Yeah, look, they tried to do something this year of all the years to try and do it. Um, uh, and it's just been uh, completely hampered. So I'd say they'll probably go with this year's um, uh, program or, or uh, calendar um, next year, as in how they, they, they had set up the, the championships and the leagues and everything to be played. They'll have to try trial that again next year. It, it, it is very tough. Look, I, I, I just don't understand how... When county football is played, that club football, club hurling, everything comes to a stop. It comes to a halt. Um, you know, you listen back to uh, some of the players off the 87, 88 team uh, talking about uh, uh, playing for Mead. And, you know, uh, two weeks before uh, or three weeks before an All-Ireland semi-final or something like that, they were playing club championship with the club. You know, so, and I understand why you can't do that anymore and it's gone so professional and all that. But there's no reason why we can't, you know, I, I, something needs to be done. It's hard to figure out how to do it. You know, there's there's months there in the summer that we don't don't play football. They're looking at the calendar this year. They did seem to have us playing football and hurling right throughout the summer, and not on top of each other. It was football for two weeks, then it was hurling for two weeks, then football and and stuff like that. So, and you know, you don't want to be playing hurling or football right into November. Or or, or, or or October, November. And you don't want to be starting in January or February. So it's it really yeah, is I'd, a tough one. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I think the structures that were brought into place for this year, like it's it's very hard to envision, envisage rather how, how they'd be going now. And at this stage, we'd be probably halfway through the A-League. Um, yeah. Whereas now a lot of teams haven't played a game even in it. So... Uh, with the weather and obviously with the with the COVID nineteen, but what I would say, like, and from Paddy's point of view, is he's a very keen hurler, but he's also a very keen footballer too. Footballer, so, yeah. You know, he's he's probably he's one of the few maybe that that likes to try and play the two, but probably finds it nigh on impossible up to now to do it. Whereas I suppose what's come in this year, as you said, it's week on week off, and if you're a footballer, you have the gap week, so you're playing once every two weeks. If you're a hurler. Only you have the same, you know, once every two weeks. And if you're a footballer and hurler, you're playing once a week, which again, it, it isn't too bad. I know you're, yeah, you're, too you're not really getting your gap weeks, but you're still only playing a game a week. Um, so again, hopefully next year or even this year, we can see a glimpse of it. Now, obviously, that's going to be skewed, and this year everything is going to be have to taken in, into into consideration with everything that's gone on and stuff. But look, and I think in fairness, me GA have recognised it in recent years. Yeah, you could say it's probably a little bit too late, but at least they've kind of flagged it and they're trying to rectify the situation and hopefully next year we'll see the, we'll see the fruits of it. 
Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Yeah, we have to wait and see um, uh, how that uh, the, the, the football and hurling calendar goes next year because it's been blown out of the water this year, unfortunately. And I really thought, looking at it, that it looked pretty good. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, next one is from Tom O'Connor. Tom, we hope you're we hope you're keeping well and and not uh, missing football and and everything too much and and pints and rugby and everything that Tom is about. Ladies <laughs> <laughs> but, football and managing teams, the whole lot. Yeah, he's he was a busy man. I'm sure he doesn't know what to do with himself. But he's came up with a great question. I I thought this was a fantastic question. I have to say, he he just wants to know who had it worse, loud fans or Sunderland fans. I thought this was a great question. <laughs> well, I would, I would say probably uh, uh, Sunderland fans because that was their their club was, you know, uh, it was it was finances that cost them everything, you know. So it was people pillaging and and, and creaming off the taking the cream off the top that uh, they were taking all the supporters' money and just legging it and not putting it back into the club. Mm. Whereas loud. It was just uh, an unbelievable try um, uh, that, that 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 cost them, and and it was a refereeing decision. It was like I I I still I'll always say that like Joe Sheridan, yes he he he, he fouled the ball, but like it, it's not his fault that the referee um, uh, uh, awarded the goal, and um, you know and he knows he he did wrong, but like it's not up to him. It's up to the referee to. To, to call that. Um, so I would say maybe Sunderland because there were so many fen- fans that were robbed in Sunderland. Yeah, of money, I, I, of money as well. Possibly. I tend to sway on the side loud, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, like, what I'd say is that Sunderland had their success and, you know, in the in the noughties, in the Nile Queen, yeah. they, they were up and down like yo-yos, but they did have success and you know, you have to take that into consideration when you talk about Loud some 60 years on from their last Leinster Championship. Um, no, no, but uh, like, let's let's kind of distance ourselves from this a little bit and kind of put yourselves in their shoes and to see where they were in 2010. And now you look at where they are. Fair enough, yeah. they're going to be saved relegation probably because of uh, the COVID-19 down to Division 4. But they're winless currently in Division 3 to where they were 10 years ago. You know, really, they were on par, you'd have to say, or they were probably the better team on the day of the Leinster final. They had, a, they had some great days out to where they are fast forward 10 years, they're right back to square one. For me, that's probably a bigger slump to maybe where Sunderland, we all know Sunderland are going to come again and they'll have success and, you know, they're a big club. Loud, it's very difficult to see them, you know, getting out of the rut they're currently in. Oh, big statement, big statement. Next question. <laughs> uh, Decky Mann from Dundry. He's the Dundry PRO uh, of Collar and Cuff there. He does some great gear. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. So Decky's wondering stuff. about the possibility of a straight knockout championship when this madness is all over. Uh, as in All-Ireland or club championship? You know, I, yeah, I, I'd say I it could be both. I, that's what I asked the question. He didn't get back to me. I said, in club or county or both? And probably it's both, to be fair. Uh, yeah, it does look more like that. But from the rumours that are coming out of uh, headquarters, Crow Park, is that that's the last thing they want to do. They don't want to have a knockout competition and they want to get back and have the proper All-Ireland Championship that they had planned. So, like again, they're, they're just going to have to, you know... Go with the go with the flow, basically. You know they're going to have to make a decision at some stage. Again, you're saying about like loud 
looking like they may have escaped um, uh, uh, relegation. Other rumours that are coming out is that you know they may play a knockout competition and, and play the league games that haven't been played um, intertwined with the championship, um, which would be interesting as well. Look, I'd, I'd love to see them just saying, right, uh, making a decision and saying, yeah, we'll go with straight knockout just for this year. We'll do it FA Cup style um, in all club, county, the whole lot. And uh, and just, you know, having this as an exceptional year, an extraordinary year, and uh, then getting back to, 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 to the way things were or should have been next year. Mm, yeah, interesting one. And I suppose club will depend on probably how successful your county is, you know, because... To be fair, our club championship wasn't meant to start till the end of July for junior clubs and start of August for intermediate and senior. So from that perspective, yeah, you, you'd be OK. But that'll all depend on when the county actually resumes. And if it doesn't resume till, let's say, July, for argument's sake, then obviously, you know, there, there will be there will be real talk of a knockout competition. But comments made by Andy McAtee actually a couple of weeks ago were very interesting for me. And he, he said that, you know, club players... Have to have to be at the forefront of the GA's mind. They are they make up ninety five, ninety six percent of the overall population in in Ireland with you know GA players. So club players have to be looked after first and foremost, and then county can be done around that. I thought that was an interesting and very fair comment to make too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've I've always been an advocate for that that uh, uh, your that club football should come first because without club. You don't have county, and I don't think there's enough emphasis put on the club player myself. Mm, very true. Um, next question is from Tommy Handy Jr. over in Clannagale, and he's wondering: Is own Griffin and Mark Dowdle the same person? <laughs> have you ever seen the two of them in the one in the one place? That's the question I'd ask. No, I actually haven't. Thank there you me. go. <laughs> that, that 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 just that just uh, uh, fires fuel onto the fire, so it does. So uh, you know, until we see the two of them in the same. Uh, 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 building we, we we just have to go with maybe they are the same person mm. uh, Michael Tiernan's next up and he says Cortown the greatest day in Cortown's GA history virtual junior champions <laughs> well I'll let you answer that one was it? <laughs> no it was, it was, I said it was one of the great days I didn't say it was the greatest day in, in the club's history but it was definitely up there with, with the other great days so um, not the greatest but definitely one of the great days yeah, and a, and, a, and a fabulous showing in the final. It was it was the the spectacle he has put on. You know, the 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 entertainment value of that final alone is is the reason why it's up there with some of the yeah. greatest uh, showings uh, we've had from Corte. Box office. Um, Brendan Byrne is next, and a good brother Bracky man. He's 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 saying me and Balner Bracky spending at least another year in the respective division ones laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we were just talking about that. Hopefully, um, uh, the only thing is, is that Ballinabracky had an awful lot more games left and uh, uh, could have avoided uh, a relegation in Division One. Whereas Mead, um, with the scores, uh, with the points on the board already, are mathematically um, relegated. But we just don't know what's going to happen uh, with the leagues, um, the national football leagues for this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the thing I'd say about that is Mead would love another taste of Division One. They've got Absolutely. the experience, of, whereas Balnebracki have yet to really, you know, experience what it's like to play Division One of the league. But they, they will get their chance, I'm sure. Um, 100%. The next one is from fans' favorite PS tapes or P tapes, whatever you like. Ah, P. Yeah. Um, PS tapes. 
this is always one kind of angle I angle towards you, Mick, and he's on about Tom Cruise's best movie. I'm all on board with a few good men, not Jerry F and Maguire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can see what he's on about. One one of my favourite now he, he only plays a cameo role in it was uh Days of Thunder. Uh or was it Days of Thunder? I think it was, um that that comedy um uh with Jack Black in it. And uh, he plays, uh, 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 he has a cameo role in that. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic in it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, another one, another, it's another curveball from P.S. Tapes. P.S. Tapes. Um, I, I prefer P.S. Tapes, actually. Yes, yeah, so um, I, yeah, I like it myself. Um, yeah, um, always comes in with these curveballs that I love. Great question, Pete. He Jesus. does, he does, he does, in fairness. Next one is from Harry Rooney, of course, former former me midfielder and uh, key cog in the in the screen wheel. Um, Harry's wondering, what will the championship format look like this year? Will it even be played? Yeah, that's what we were after discussing that, Harry. And sure, look, your guess is as good as ours at this stage. I think every week we've come up with a new plan for the championship. And, uh, you know, um, it's... Look, it, it all depends on when the lockdown finishes because and, and whether they'll allow crowds to go to games and whatever. That's for club and for county. You know, um, as you said, David, the mead championship, the club championship wasn't supposed to start until the end of July. You know, if lockdown is over and everything is back to normal by the start of July, maybe we'll see the the, the club leagues being scrapped and going into our championship, you know, um, uh, cold, basically. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's very hard to gauge where we're at at the moment. And again, only time is going to tell when this, you know, thing is going to lift and and when we can actually go back to to everyday life. You know, so yeah, we'll just keep an eye on it. David Donnelly is next up. Um, he was wondering about underage structures for the coming years. It's probably one maybe for Brian Kelly to be fair more so than us to to be speculating on um I don't really know the, the ins and outs of it but that's that's his question well look you know I I'll just throw me tuppets in on this I reckon um that me GA should invest in a lot of uh uh blue wheelie bins and they should invest in a load of uh basketball hoops and they should just get all the lads kicking the ball 40 or 50 yards into a bin into a basketball hoop because that's what they've been doing for the last three weeks and they're only going to be experts at it at this stage and if you can kick the ball into the wheelie bin or you can kick the ball into the basketball hoop on a regular uh, basis you're not doing too bad you're fairly accurate with your kicking and then bring them out onto a football pitch and we'll see what they can do <laughs> yeah absolutely I have no problem with that uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're coming coming to the end the next one is from Flash Gordon uh, and he's wondering Flash when will we hear back from the cocooning Mr. Flynn about where he's in residence? <laughs> Look, we honestly, Flash, we haven't heard from him at all. We don't know where the man is. Um, I know that he did an interview with LMFM um, there not so long ago, maybe about did four he? Or five he did not. Yeah, he didn't. He did an interview with LMFM after. I didn't hear. I didn't hear that. After me, GA won best uh, county uh, program of the year, and now I know that he—I haven't spoken to him, uh, but I know he's tweeted it out a couple of times, and that's the only thing that I've heard from him in recent times. Um, and when I miss him, I usually play that um, interview uh, just to hear his uh, beautiful, uh, 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 sultry voice. And uh, look, if you if you can get in contact with him, Flash. 
and tell him that we miss him, tell him that we care, and that we just want to know he's okay. You know, we're worried about. Yeah, I, I actually, I've gone one step further, Mick, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an Instagram poll um, with Town and Unsane so that people can vote on where they think he is. Um, yeah. Where do they think where, where they think he's from? Uh, or where do they think he's residing? Yeah. And um, would, would, would the ke- people of Kells, you know his father was a teacher in Kells, you know that they might get upset if you don't include them? It's, unfortunately, I can only put two in it, so I should just put... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well look, if, let's see, let's see what people come back with on that one, and uh, yeah. we could definitely we'll add Kells in if 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 we want to go one step further and do a Twitter poll, we can do that too. Three-way playoff. Um, if Flash, look, we'll 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 come back to you with some uh, definitive answers on that on next week's podcast. Yeah, for sure. Last one is from Tom O'Connor. Um, Tom has just watched the Mead and Dublin game from 2013. A sad face. Sad face. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, like in what, fairness, what I what I'd say about this one is that uh, I've I've very fond memories of this, and I've watched it several times myself. As Mead played ever so well that day, I think they lost by six or seven points in the end, but it wasn't a wasn't a true reflection. I think with ten minutes to go, I think there might have been level, or there might have been a point in it. Uh, and I think Paul Mannion got a rather fortuitous goal that. I think if memory serves me right, came off the upright and he he was there to follow in and put in yeah. the net. Like me, me, there were two points up at half time that day, and Mickey Newman and Eamon Wallace were on fire. They were outstanding, you know. And it was a really, really good performance by me. Probably the best we've had against Dublin since 2010. Um, definitely in the last 10 years, from what I can remember. Uh, but probably the margin of the defeat probably puts a little bit of a sickener on it the way Dublin finished it, as we saw <laughs> see with Dublin. But it, that that was a fantastic game of football. Including O'Byrne Cup games there. Remember Dublin bet made in penalties in the O'Byrne Cup last year? Uh, yeah, I probably would. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I know I would. Probably not the margin, obviously, but definitely the performance and the, the personnel, I suppose, that were on the field. That was, uh, that was a great... It was a Leinster final too. You know, it was a really good yeah. game to watch and it was a game Mead were road off in, but, you know, really gave Dublin their fill of it. Yeah, probably, you know, uh, one of the last... As, yeah, as you said, probably you know their best performance against Dublin over the last uh, uh, ten, since 2010, um, and uh, it's just a shame that Dublin have have gone on um, and made so much progress in those years, and it's taken until maybe last year for Mead to get back uh, at it and um, you know start to rise again. Um, and we, 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 as we said already, we'd love for them to stay in Division One, and 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 you know, even if it's by default, and people can say whatever they want about that, but like if they if they could stay in Division One and play in Division One next year, and this year's Division One was null and voided in the start again, I'd love to see. Um, uh, it'd be a nice little bit of a rub of the green, which which Mead haven't got. Um, uh, uh, we'll say since the Super Eights of last year. Yeah, no, absolutely. It'll be it'll be great to see us getting another crack at them. But you know, as we say, whether that's in Leinster or the All Ireland, who knows at this stage? Yeah, absolutely. Any more from Instagram Interactive then, Davy? Uh, that's all we have for this week. Now there is one thing I want to uh, give Andy Smith from Dunshockland uh, a mention. He, I promised him I would. Um, you might have seen that Dunshockland are doing a. Uh, they're doing a three-kilometer challenge, so you want to share yeah. it for that. 
be great to get more people involved. And he says the senior team are covering the distance between Mizzen to Malin Head. It'd be great to double it in, he says. We'd nearly, sorry, we're nearly at the 2000 target, uh, and all donations are going to a loan and do it for Dan, who is, uh, who is young Dan Donoher from Courtwood in uh, Leash, who's, um, who's, a, who's a sick little boy at the minute, but there's great fundraising efforts going on around the country for him, and the GA community are really chipping in, and it's fantastic to see Dunchocklin doing the same. So, uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's, People could go on and donate. Uh, it's done Chocolate GFC. Malin to Mizzenhead alone. Do it for Dan on Facebook. You'll see the donation and it's a go, it's a GoFundMe. Um, he says they're covering 432 kilometres out of a total of 547. So unbelievable effort there from the Dunchocklin Club. So really, we'd encourage people to give it a give it a few pound if you can or, or give it a follow or even if you want to chip in and, and actually get, get on and be a part of it too. So um, I think everyone's invited to do so. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. You can see it on all the social media pages there. Just check out on Twitter. I think it's Dunchocklin Royal Gales, if I'm not mistaken. And then you'll find them also on uh, Facebook um, and Instagram. And they do have it set up on their that you can go in and make uh, on their on their uh, social media pages that you can go in directly and uh, get involved either by doing the run. Uh, doing a 3k run or um, by uh, donating some money yeah brilliant and fair play to Andy Smith for uh, reminding us of that anything else Davey? Uh, no that's everything that's everything well I suppose it's only time to say one more thing (laughs) sorry just on the do it for Dan thing as well Uh, my own club court and we've obviously paused our club lotto for the last couple of weeks um, but we're kicking it back up online this week um, and we are going to donate all the proceeds we've got in from now until next Friday when the draw actually takes place. So everything that comes in in the next week is going to do it for Dan. So anyone who wants to play the Corton Lotto is more than welcome to do so. It's CortonGA.com, and you can go in and play the Lotto, and your money, which you'll put in, whatever it is, three quid, five quid for this week, everything is going for do it for Dan. So uh, just similar to the team of Dunchocklin we're doing our own little bit so it's just worth noting um, so people can actually have a chance of winning a, a decent jackpot there but also you're donating to a fantastic cause too exactly yeah you can go in and you can do the Courtown uh, Club Lotto um, you have a chance of winning their Club Lotto but you're also all the money that you uh, send into the Club Lotto online is going directly to the charity fund and that's absolutely brilliant and well done to everybody in court and well done to everybody in Dunshockton as well thanks everybody for listening and remember we are made by Matters More <laughs>